Welcome back to your daily dose with Bob and Nick. It's Bob. What are the arts worth to you? I'm not asking what an individual piece of art is worth or what a specific arts event is worth. I'm asking how much value do the arts bring to your life and how much are you willing to invest in the arts in order to keep them alive and thriving? It's a question that's become more pressing since the advent of COVID-19. Nick and I discuss that dynamic today and eventually segue into the legitimacy of sex work. Yeah, we have a range. Enjoy. So I'm thinking about now that the world's opening back up. Yeah, and I love it. I, absolutely. And be safe, get vaccinated, wear your mask, all of yeah, those things. Yeah, still got to mask up Wash people. your hands. Like, let's not let that lapse as Ever. a habit. Right. Um, because I think that that helped me quite a bit with avoiding any kind of illness. Yeah. I uh, started washing my hands more, not to the, like, OCD level, but I would say pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I don't get sick as often. But the thing that I was struggling with before and the thing I'm struggling with now is the cost of events. Mm, And so I tend to be, unfortunately, I I think a little bit of a uh, miser, a little bit of a Scrooge when it comes to some of this stuff. So I don't know what my like limit is for an event, like something cool that's happening at blue bamboo, something cool that's happening uh, downtown at, um, uh, at SAC or somewhere yeah. else, right? Like I, I just, sometimes the, the value of it versus the cost is offset and I can't do it. Yeah. And I feel bad about that because I'm like, well, I should be supporting the arts. I should yeah. be doing this. I should be doing that. I, I agree with you feeling bad about that. You oh, good. Feel bad Thank you. It. Thank you. I, I really don't think you should feel bad about it, but I do think we're at a different time right now. Yeah. Right. And my whole point, we just bought tickets to disenchanted. Uh, we're going to go oh, up in gonna, Sanford. Yeah. yeah. We're it looks go like a that. great show, so, but I saw the original one. It was in the Fringe Festival here, yeah. uh, and uh, it was it was fun. And so we just decided, look, we're just going to go ahead and do this because we need to support the arts, and because the arts need us. I mean, right now there are so many organizations out there trying to help the arts. GoPar, have you heard of GoPar? Uh, I don't know what the acronym stands for exactly, but it's all in support of performing artists. Greater Orlando Performing Arts arts Revolution Regionality. it's probably exactly that, uh, something like that. But the point Review? is, let's, uh, anyway. let's try to do what we can. But I, I get it. It's, it's not like it's necessarily worth the price that you will pay in terms of the artistic or the yeah. entertainment value. But I'm, I'm willing to pay a little bit more these days just to keep the arts alive, just to do what we can. Because they suffered. So many artists have dropped off of the, the, the oh, radar the screen. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's, it's sad to me. I'm hoping... We're going to see more of a recovery once the theme parks get their act together. You know, we're seeing a little bit now, but I still have a lot of long-time theme park employees who are waiting to call back. You know, people who do great work. So let me ask you this, because I, I get that there's a lot of overhead that goes into all this. I want the artists to be paid. I don't want you to think that uh, I don't see the value in everybody making some amount of money off of what they do, because this is hard work. Yeah, yeah. This is difficult work to be up there and performing. And when stuff is going on in your life and you don't want to be up there, oh, yeah. you have to be part of that. It's a professional. A hundred percent. But, I, you know, there's this, and I, I think it's also like, you know, the business side in my head that's going, well, what if you just made the cost less? Would more people show up? 
Mm. And I don't know if anybody's like figured that out yet. Well, what you're talking about in economics is called the elasticity of demand. Mm -hmm. And that says how much will the audience increase if we decrease the ticket price by this much or that much? I I really don't know. That's a good question. I also think we were dealing with capacity issues too, right? Yeah, that's true. We couldn't have as many people. Fifty percent, twenty five percent capacity. I worked with the um, another group. I don't know if they're still around. Another performing arts group when they did the rare chair project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a campaign we did out of uh, Night Images. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so we looked. We had a lot of data out of that one, and Orlando is unfortunately and probably still is lower than average in terms of people uh, participating in the arts as far as an audience Mm -hmm. goes. Um, So we were lagging behind other big cities. You know, like we'll always probably lag behind New York City just because of what they have there and the tourism and all that. But, uh, you know, one of the things that, and I wish I could remember the gentleman's name, uh, he ended up uh, running another uh, performing arts agency up in Indiana where he was from. But the one thing that he was talking about was, why not make tickets cheaper early and then make them cost more as you get to the event, almost like airline tickets. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. I would buy tickets early all day, every day. Right. And, you know, I, and this is completely ridiculous, but I'm wondering about, and I say this tongue firmly in cheek. What about an OnlyFans model where (laughs) you just, or a Patreon, where you're just supporting the artist directly. Right. Right. Like I, I can't afford to come to your show. Here's $10. Wow. And if you want to share anything, if you want to share any art, obviously I said only fans, which implies something right. else, but Patreon is a little bit better. I should have thought of that first. I don't know why I didn't. I do know why I didn't, but <laughs> here's, here you go. Right. Yeah. Why not? Well, people are making money for all different things. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I get a little judgy when it comes to how people earn money sometimes. Like the whole Kardashian thing just turned me off completely. The concept that I didn't really see a talent, a notable talent, or something that would be worth all the millions of dollars that are thrown their way you know, on a regular basis. But if that's my issue. You know, it's like, because I yeah. feel like we, if, if somebody finds under- entertainment exactly. value in something. Then let them be entertained and let them fund it however they would choose to fund it. I love that idea, actually, overall. I really do. Just that concept of, if you want, I want to support the arts, but I can't make your show, or I don't really want to go to your show, but I want to support you as an artist. Why not? Absolutely. I think, uh, and you know something, I, don't, I think the, the OnlyFans, fans only, I can, OnlyFans, I can only fans, right? There are a number of established stars that have actually gone out there and earned a lot of money just through that format. Uh, Yes, that, but that's but but that's more the, on the Patreon side. So on okay. OnlyFans, there's a little bit of controversy around that. There was a former Disney Channel, yeah, Bella star Bella Thorne, yeah. who went on that with some promises of what she was going to uh, share with the people who signed up for that, and then did not. And oh. not only did that, but so many people flocked to it, and the system wasn't ready for it. Uh, caused a lot of changes to the way that they pay out to the people who are signed uh, up for OnlyFans and stuff like that. They kind of messed it up. I knew she was the, I knew she was frowned upon, but I didn't know that that's what yeah, she did. That's who, a, it was a really interesting story because I think it helped bring a little bit more of the idea that sex work is real work and that people need to be respected for what they do. Yeah. Uh, a little more to the forefront because 
it was really, uh, especially on Twitter, I heard a lot about it. Yeah. On there. So you know a lot really more about this than I do. This, yeah, I'm not surprised well, by it, though. It's it's an interesting concept. Like, I have, I, thinking about the people that I want to interview on the show, I, and this sounds, this makes me sound like a just a huge, like, weirdo or perv, but, <laughs> like, the business of it is really interesting to me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting sure, to a lot of people. Well, making sure people get paid, making sure people are putting out a good time. Like it's it's nothing different than what we're talking about for any other content creator. Right. But it's we kind of it it's got this level of shame. It's got a shame curtain, if you will, yeah. because of what they're doing. Thanks for listening. It's me. I'm Nick. I guess the question after that episode is: Do your shame curtains match your shame rug? tough crowd how about this go out and support the arts however you can and also support your friendly neighborhood sex workers have a great day except for the people who run onlyfans.com because they seem kind of terrible <laughs>